Student section, Friday, March 31st, Matt Murphy, Tom Scabelli, James Decker, and Dan DiOrio. And boys, it's that time. The final four this weekend. Two games to determine who meets for the 2017 National Championship. One of the best weekends of the year in any sport. Yeah, absolutely. I'm as excited as I am. Also getting a little sad because I realize we only have three games left of college basketball. But hey, I think it should be three entertaining games for sure. I mean, I don't know how many people uh, correctly predicted this Final Four at the start of the tournament, but I think they're four fun teams, four different teams, and I think we're in for a treat this weekend. Yeah, yeah I think I'm more sad than excited. I'm sad. I feel like I enjoy the first couple of weekends more yeah. than Final Four weekend, Yeah, mainly because usually my teams like aren't in Final Four <laughs> weekend, but also I think it's just more games is more fun. But I think it's going to be a couple of great games. I think South Carolina is. Pro- I'm not. We're not going to get. I'm not going to get too far into it now. But I think they're going to be some good games. Yeah, the matchups are the number one seed in the West, Gonzaga, against the number seven seed out of the East, the South Carolina Gamecocks. That'll be the first game tomorrow on Saturday, and the other game after that, the late game, is the number one seed in the South, which was loaded this year. North Carolina taking on Oregon, a surprise out of the Midwest. Kansas didn't get there, and it's number three Oregon taking on UNC. We will get into those games later in the show and make some predictions, but let's talk about how these matchups came to be. We haven't been on since prior to the Sweet 16, and the Sweet 16 had one of the probably the best ending of any tournament game. Well, it might have gotten surpassed the next day, but or the next round, rather, in the Elite Eight, but Florida buzzer beater over Wisconsin. Chris Chioza's buzzer beater to beat the Badgers was an incredible game in overtime after Zach Showalter tied the game at the buzzer with a floater three to send it into the extra session. I know, James, you're a Wisconsin guy. That was an incredible game. I was there covering it for WFUV, and it was one of the – probably, probably, yeah, not to brag. Probably the best NCAA game I've ever been to uh, for sure and one of the best sporting events I've ever been to. Yeah, I've been replaying like the last few possessions of that game in my mind for a a few days now, weeks actually. But um, the thing about that game is that Cleo Iverson at one point had a a breakaway dunk. Normally he would throw that down emphatically. Canyon Canyon Barry Barry blocks him. If you watch the replay from the above, like the bird's eye view, if he just goes up with his left hand, Canyon Barry is not blocking that shot. That's one play that I go back to that's getting forgotten about. I mean, one thing about Wisconsin is that they really fought back in that game. That was it was classic Wisconsin down about eight with like four minutes left, and they somehow just grit and grind and find a way to get it done. Some big shots. Zach Showalter, obviously, with one of the – it was weird because a lot, I was watching it in a, a Wisconsin uh, place near the Madison Square Garden, and a lot of people weren't sure if that was a three from the naked eye because yeah. he did lean in far. And far. It I kind of knew right away, but that was one of the weirdest shots because if you're Wisconsin, you're thinking like, oh – They'll get canning off of like a screen. Instead, it's like a busted play. Zach Showalter, not even looking runner, and it drops. And in overtime, they were pretty much in command for most of the overtime. But and nothing's ever over in college basketball. I think it was for Wisconsin. Nigel Hayes also, in in hindsight, is always twenty twenty. But normally, I feel like it's crazy because he misses so many foul shots during the year. Was not a good foul shooter. And then when Wisconsin probably wishes he missed one, he hits it because Florida had no timeouts in that situation, and they did. It wasn't the best look in the world by by Chioza, but it was better than probably what they would get with that ball clanks off the rim and they have to rush in three seconds. So hindsight's always twenty twenty, but that those are a couple of things I look back on with that game. Yeah, I mean that's the type of game that makes the tournament so great. I mean to have you know a big three to tie it at the end of regulation and then that three to win it on similarly sort of like weird shots by by Showalter and Chioza. I mean that that's why there's just nothing better. I mean these are two teams that thought. 
some similarities were, you know, more defensive-minded but had some pop on offense It could make some big plays. And I think that's definitely the best game so far this tournament. I know UNC Kentucky is in there as well. But I think that game being played at the Garden, I, I think that takes the cake for sure. Yeah, we'll get to that UNC uh, Kentucky Luke May buzzer beater very shortly. But I do want to keep going with the Sweet 16 a little bit. And that, the Wisconsin-Florida game, after the game, Greg Gard kind of summed up what you just did, James. He said that, Iverson should have known that Barry was coming and at least try to not try to go out for the dunk in that situation, try to lay it in on either side. Yeah, you can also drip out the clock in that yeah. situation. I mean, they're up by two. You could have gotten fouled. I honestly, when I, he got it, I was like, just dunk it. Just get the two points, like emphatically dunk it. He went up like he was hesitant about it, and you can't do that. And Barry with a net. Canyon Barry was really play. a spark at the end of that game. He came in, he had a reverse layup, he had that big block, he had a couple free throws underhand style. He He was like, I was very impressed with his play towards the end of that game. And if we move on in the Sweet 16, West Virginia, I know Dan really liked this West Virginia team, and they looked horrible on the last possession in a 61-58 loss to Gonzaga. We're not going to touch on every Sweet 16 game, obviously, but this is one, aside from that Florida-Wisconsin game, that stood out to me because their defense gave Gonzaga, who's now in the Final Four, a lot of trouble, and then on the last possession, they, they hold the ball the entire time and don't get a good shot at all for the tie. Yeah, that was pathetic uh, execution there. I'm a little disappointed. I, I thought West Virginia was going to surprise some people. Uh, Bob Huggins, great coach. I was a little shocked that he didn't have anything better. Well, I mean, I know you can't really draw anything up in that situation, but you think he'd have a play for his team to go to in that situation. Most coaches do. We saw Villanova last year. You know, They knew exactly to go for that screen play to win him the national championship game. Every coach should have a play like that in their back pocket. I was a little disappointed. Maybe he keeps his like plays on his Fitbit on his wrist. He has like he <laughs> scrolls through on his Fitbit. I don't know if that's a feature, but that would be good, like a coaching style Fitbit where you can have your playbook on there. That's genius, like the quarterbacks wear. Yeah, get that for the coaches. Yeah, and then your one of your other teams had a big win in the Sweet 16. Xavier, your big Big East guy, they took down Arizona, the number two seed in the West. And and Xavier, I mean, I know they fell short eventually against Gonzaga in the Elite Eight, but the Musketeers. Yeah, I I uh, I said it on one on one before the tournament started. I guess I kind of got lucky. I liked Xavier. For, Xavier, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> I liked Xavier from the beginning, and uh, from well, from the beginning of the tournament. That is, um, great players. Trayvon Blewett can score from anywhere. JP McCurry. Like Trayvon didn't blow it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> <Boo>. Weak jokes. <laughs> JP McCurry has got a silky jumper. Their their whole team is very good. Um, O'Mara played so well. Yeah. Yeah. He was and, the X Factor in the high-low. And I realized that I took a picture with Tyreek Jones like four years ago that just surfaced on Twitter. So big Xavier. Just, just surfaced as in you, you tweeted it. You tweeted, tweeted it, right? Yeah, but you have to <laughs> make it sound more official. But then you just, now it's unofficial. Right. And I also met Xavier's athletic director in the elevator at MSG during the Big East tournament. Not to so, brag. How'd that conversation <laughs> go? It was, hey. Uh, or no, no, I forget how it went. He, he said that he was like. You didn't say hey? No, all right, that this was fake. Like, uh, he said, <laughs> sorry, sorry, he said that he was the the AD. So I was like, wow, that's great. I'm not, I can't root for any teams because I'm you know supposed to remain professional. But go go uh, go Musketeers. So now we know that the Xavier athletic director just goes around elevators saying, yeah, I'm the Xavier AD <laughs> to random no, people. No, he didn't just brag. He, it, it came up in conversation naturally. I just don't remember what it was. All right, <laughs> we'll move on from Xavier. <laughs> 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 the final Sweet 16 game that I want to touch on, like I said, we're just hitting a couple of these to set up the Elite Eight matchups that produced what now is the Final Four. The Kentucky-UCLA game was very hyped up, and Lonzo Ball and company just, they lost by 11. It really, 
Kentucky really proved themselves in this game. And I know they, they lost to North Carolina in the next round, but I mean, and then after the game, Lonzo Ball just declares for the draft right to the media. Like, we all knew it was coming, but probably not a good PR move from him there. But the Ball family hasn't been handling the media very well all year long. Yeah, I mean, we all knew that was happening, but I think that definitely may have left a bad taste in some of his UCLA teammates' mouth. Like, we literally just lost, and you're already like, all right, I'm moving on. Right, like TJ Leaf just declared yesterday. Yeah, I think that's the proper move. But, I mean, I still think Lonzo is, I think, the best prospect in the draft. You know, Fultz, I think, is second. I I like Lonzo. Really? You're a big Lonzo guy. I decided I'm team ball. Remember a few weeks ago, we couldn't decide if we were. I'm so anti-ball. I've been team ball all year. Yeah, I'm team ball. LaVar, he's so hateable now that he's actually starting to grow. I don't think Lonzo's going to have that good of a career in the NBA. To I be agree. Honest. I second that. I think. No, I do. I think Darren Fox could. Have I would a not. Career I would NBA. probably not pick Lonzo Ball in the top five. Wow. I, he he's got a. I mean, obviously, he's a weird jump shot, but he could hit a three. He could drive. He's one of the best passers college has seen. And his basketball IQ. I'm big big analytics guy like Dan. Not to steal Let's your steal well, your, your analytics. Thing, he's stats. Yeah, true. Different, but um. You know, basically, they always say a mid-range shot in basketball is, is useless because you either step back and hit the three and it's more efficient or drive to the rim, and 80% or something like that of his shots are either right next to the rim or three. So I think having that sort of basketball IQ with his ability, I, I think that's what makes him so special. I mean, I may just be enthralled by, you know, the sexiness of UCLA, but I'm, I'm Team Lonzo. Side I think note. TJ Leaf could have a really good NBA career as well. Yeah, I would pick him in the NBA. top 10, probably top 15. I think TJ Leaf's a top 10 pick, absolutely. But did you see LeBron making fun of uh, yeah, Lonzo Ball's shot last night in warm-ups? No, I didn't it see that. It was hilarious. It Paint a picture for us. Huh? Paint a picture for us? I can't do it to the listeners, but LeBron <laughs> did some extravagant, gross-looking he was, jump shot. He was pretending to do Lonzo's jump right. shot, basically. Right. The, the LeBron versus Ball family rivalry is the one... We didn't see coming, but we needed it all along. <laughs> yeah, just one quick hit from me before we continue with the NCAA tournament results and then eventually our predictions. In terms of the NBA draft and the guys that have been declaring, I think if I'm the Celtics and I have the Brooklyn Nets number one overall pick, I'm not taking Markel Fultz and I'm not taking Lonzo Ball because you have Isaiah Thomas. I'm, I might take Lowry Markkinen from Arizona no, with the number reach. one pick. No, dumb, no dumb. honestly, I feel like he fits into the Celtics perfectly. Well, if anything, they should try to trade back and get something else. That's in true. Addition. That would that's probably smart. <laughs> wasting, <laughs> wasting that one pick yeah. overall on a player. I mean, you, like, but if I had to pick the best player available, I'm I'm taking Markel Fultz, and I would just move, I guess, Isaiah Thomas to the shooting guard spot. Yeah, I think that could work. I think Isaiah is more of a shooter. Any, I mean, also isn't Isaiah Thomas a free agent coming up pretty soon? So you never know if they're going to keep him anyway. I don't well, know. Josh not Jackson, not, a, not a huge NBA guy. Yeah. We're we're getting too far off course. Right, whatever. Here. I think Josh while, Jackson could fit there. While too. we're on the NBA, I just want to mention if Markel Fultz is drafted first overall, this will be the first time in NBA history that a player to make the NC or to miss the double NCA tournament was drafted first overall. Ben Simmons last year, Markel Fultz this year. I like how you said the double NCAA <laughs> tournament. Did I say that? NCAA. Yeah, that's a good one. No, so no, no. Like that's a, maybe that'll catch on. I'm not sure. That's but. a real thing. People say it like that. N-N-C-A? No, no, no. Double N-C-A. No, you I said double No, he said the double N. Yeah. Double A. Excuse me to listen at home. All right, well, this is the College Basketball Podcast, the student section, so we'll get back to where we are closer to experts but still pretty far away. The Elite Eight. Obviously, the big story, North Carolina, Luke May, the buzzer beater against Kentucky 
after Malik Monk hit a huge three to tie the game down the stretch. No timeouts, or they did have. Did they have a timeout when they, Luke May hit? They did have a timeout. They did have a timeout. Roy, Roy Williams yeah, let him play. Kentucky had he always one does too, that. which people thought he probably should have called to set up his defense. Roy Williams never takes a timeout. Yeah, and the hero sure. is Luke May, who I think went to UNC as a walk-on. I think he's on scholarship now. His dad was a former quarterback for the Tar Heels, and he was just open. He popped out, and just inside the three-point line on the left wing, knocks down probably the biggest shot of the tournament. I said Chris Chioza's shot was huge, but considering this is a round later in the Elite Eight, to win the game, it's you got to say it's probably better, even though the game might not have been better. But, I mean, how about paper. Malik Monk's two threes? I mean, I know Kentucky obviously didn't end up winning, but those were two. Yeah, I forgot you're a shots. big Kentucky guy. What do you think of this game in general? I thought it was a good showing for Kentucky. I mean, obviously at the end things things didn't go their way, but I mean, you know, they kept it close all game, up and down. It was really a a, a close game really throughout. I don't think there was any really times where you think oh this team's definitely going to win and you know I know people will sort of get on Calipari and say oh he's not a good game coach I don't think that's true I mean I think he I think he is obviously he's a great recruiter and that's his strength but he's a good solid coach too people are getting on him for not calling uh, a timeout after the monk basket to tie it to set up his defense but that just gives UNC time to set up its offense too so I, I don't hate that call and you know I still think Kentucky this was a heck of a year for them and you saw Darren Fox crying in the locker room afterwards. didn't love that didn't love that I like I that I that's did. what makes March yeah. that's what makes March special I like that and you know I'm sure whoever Kentucky gets next year they'll be probably right back there yeah I thought it was probably the best game I'm gonna say it probably because I didn't I don't want to think about the Wisconsin Florida game but I think considered that the best game of the tournament so far and the thing about Luke May is that he killed Butler in the Sweet 16 that wasn't like this wasn't like his coming out party the game against Kentucky he had a 16 and 11 against Butler so he was playing well going into this game and he is just shooting the ball confidently I mean last year my roommate's a big North Carolina fan so I watched so much North Carolina basketball last year and Luke May provided close to nothing last year he was wondering why he's even in the game. This year, he's been taking a lot of steps forward. He's played some good basketball, and he just shot the ball a lot better. So I kind of knew that thing was going in. He's just shooting the ball with confidence. He doesn't, he, he's kind of in a nothing-to-lose situation because he's not like one of these high-pressure players that's like expected to perform. He can just kind of go out there and, and play freely. But, yeah, I thought that was a very good game. I was very impressed with Monk and Fox down the stretch hitting big shots. There's points in that game where I thought, oh, North Carolina's going to pull away now. It's like a seven-point game. Kentucky kept on fighting. But, yeah, I think the winner of that game is going to have a good, good shot against Oregon. I think Oregon I, – I was never that high on Kansas. And that's I wasn't that surprised with Oregon beating Kansas in that game. So I thought that the winner of this game is probably going to march on to the national title. Well, how about, I was going to say, go back to Luke May. He went to his 8 a.m. class the next day. Yeah, I saw that. PR move, total PR move. Bad PR move, though, related to this game. Before we move on to Kansas getting upset by Oregon in the Midwest, bad PR move in his pregame or his press conference the day before the game for Coach Cal in Kentucky. He said when the bracket, before the bracket came out on Selection Sunday, he had watched the tape of, Kentucky earlier in the year against UNC and he was hoping that they weren't in the same region as as a uh, UNC he said that his players probably heard him say that that he was hoping to avoid UNC in the tournament then he said oh great when he saw them in their bracket that's not a good PR uh, move going I the mean, day before the game that's another reason I like Cal's I just think he's so transparent to the media he's always so open he gives you these honest answers I, I like Calipari he's an Italian I like I like that about him too so I'm just a huge Calipari guy <laughs> <laughs> so good PR move. I don't, I don't hate the honesty, and if anything, maybe it fires his team up a little. You like him because his last name ends in I, just like yeah. yours. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll go up top here in the bracket, the Midwest. James kind of hit on it a little bit. Um, Oregon seventy four, Kansas sixty. 
Bill Self, another case of having a team number one in, in the region and not getting to the Final Four. Frank Mason literally had to put the team on his back at times in that game throughout the whole game. Didn't really get much help, and he was probably the best player in the country this year. I know he's the AP Player of the Year as of yesterday. He was voted it. So if they had anything else, maybe if Perry Ellis had his eighth year, they, they might have beaten Oregon in this one. Yeah, it didn't, have, it didn't have, any, have the feel of an upset. If you ask me, I think Oregon was just a better team in in that in that game. I was never really that high on Kansas this year. I think when you're too backcourt heavy, you can only get away with it for so long. I think even like Kentucky got more con- contributions from the front front court than Kansas did. I mean, there's just if you're so backcourt heavy, if some shots aren't falling, and then Oregon just got off to a huge run in that game. If they're if you get a dug in too deep of a hole and you rely like on Frank Mason to hit a bunch of shots in a row, Oregon's too good a team that they're not going to allow you to. to fully come back in that game and they really kind of just was were in command the entire time so don't you consider that really an upset i'm i'm i like bill self so i hope that in, like in the next couple of years maybe he gets the next step but i wasn't really that surprised i'm very impressed with oregon oregon's going to give north carolina a run for their money i think north carolina probably gonna be too much though i think most people were surprised <laughs> just because kansas was coming off a 32 point win against caleb swan against purdue team and then they falter like this by 14 against kansas against yeah. uh, oregon i think this is more pro oregon than anti-kansas i mean i think i mean i know people get on kansas but bill self has won you know what 13 straight big 12 regular season titles he's been to nine elite eights he has won it all before so i don't like how much people get on bill self i i always pick kansas i feel like to win i picked them this year because they're not 08, really a good pick though i know but oh wait when they won and this was elementary school we had this contest where every class in the school got assigned a team and if they won you got an extra gym class we had kansas and they won so i've always had a little bias towards kansas that's another you were like one of those bracket geniuses that they have on the espn no, bracketology no, 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 no. you just got randomly tables. assigned a team oh. our class just got randomly assigned to kansas so but you weren't, you weren't doing brackets in elementary school i was no i was just, I not, mean, to I brag. <laughs> not to but, brag but anyway i think oregon was more impressive i mean the, the fact that they're doing this too with how chris boucher is incredible dylan brooks has really stepped up he had three how huge about, threes how about jordan night. bell too he's yeah, got tyler great. dorsey too. i mean they we could talk a lot about what oregon's been doing well and we will when we'll we preview, preview their that, yeah. their game against unc in the final four but I want to talk about the South Carolina Gamecocks, Dan, because they beat Florida, and they're a seven seed now going to the Final Four after beating Florida in what was really an SEC championship game at Madison Square Garden. They beat them by seven. Frank Martin is a really solid coach, and Sindarius Thornwell is the leading scorer in the NCAA tournament. Their defense just really gets after it. I've been, I've been impressed. I saw them twice in person, and now they get a good matchup against Gonzaga that we'll get to shortly. Yeah, the real takeaway there for me is... Frank Martin, great coach. I think a lot of people were not really realizing that prior to this tournament. I actually had Marquette in the first round. So did I. That may be a Big East bias, but South Carolina, I've been riding since with them ever since they took down Duke. Like this is this is pretty much as Cinderella as it gets for this year. Not that many upsets first round, but South Carolina here they are, seventh seed in the Final Four. This is a great great to see this. Uh, but I don't. Well, we'll get into this later. But I think Gonzaga will put an end to their run all right so now we know where you're going with that but yeah. we will we will <laughs> make our official predictions coming up i totally agree with you because the first two rounds when they played uh marquette and then duke they were in greenville south carolina no one knew if the gamecock fan base would travel to madison square garden i know it's new york city and that's an easy place to get to but no one really knew and they, they showed out in full force at madison square garden that really propelled them to a 20 point win against baylor in the sweet 16 and then a win against a Florida team that was riding that emotional high from the buzzer beater against Wisconsin, but maybe Florida just didn't get enough rest after a late night 
after uh, playing Wisconsin. I know they had a day in between, but that took a lot out of them. And South Carolina's defense really just came to play. Yeah, and South Car- sorry, South Carolina's like style of play is that they'll get the ball down low, they'll back it in, and they they get to every 50-50 ball. I feel like they're getting every single like big offensive rebound down the stretch in that game. I feel like they just like out outworked Florida, and I kind of agree that maybe Florida was just lost a little bit because they emptied the tank against Wisconsin, and then meanwhile South Carolina steamrolled Baylor and didn't look like they broke a sweat against Baylor. So I think that definitely had some kind something to do with it, but they just got to every 50-50 ball. And I think that against, I mean, I don't want to preview it let's, too let's much. Let's go right into it. Let's, right, yeah. let's so start I, with I think the Gonzaga against matchup. Gonzaga, they can have some success against Sh- Shemek Karnowski because they're just a little bit more athletic than him down there. I think he has the size and the body, but getting to like a, a loose ball in the corner on an offense rebound, I think South Cinderia Stormwell is getting to that ball against Karnowski. And I'm curious to see what Mark View does because there was times, I forget which game it was, it was one of their, their games, I think the West Virginia game, where he benched Karnowski for a long portion of the second half. I think he may have to do that again if he's not scoring early on because South Carolina is extremely athletic when it comes to rebounding and when it comes to defense. So I think this is going to be a really good game. I think it's going to be a very, very physical game. I think it comes down to how well Gonzaga is going to shoot because if they shot the way they did against Xavier, they're probably going to win this game. But they shot really well against Xavier, so I think it can go either way. How often has Gonzaga played the two big guys together? They have Collins, right, who's also yeah, a seven-footer. Do they play together a lot? It's... Sometimes, but I think when he wants to go for a more athletic lineup, he'll, he'll go with Collins because instead of Because just seeing South Carolina a couple times, I think Mike Coatsar, their uh, foreign freshman center, he had a big game against Florida. And by big game, I mean he might have scored 10 or 12 points. I'm not looking at the box score right now, but he averages about five. So he's going to need to come up big. Chris Silva, who's a Roselle Catholic guy in, in Jersey that plays for South Carolina, those are the post players, and they're, they're not as big as what Gonzaga's working with with the seven-footers. And the Zags made it here with a win over Xavier in the Elite Eight, who wasn't supposed to be there, 83-59 throttling. Now that the matchup South Carolina against Zaga, I'm leaning South Carolina right now. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I just think they're going to keep riding this momentum, and I, I think it's because they play so hard on defense, and Gonzaga didn't look good against West Virginia, another team that plays really hard on defense. Now their styles are a little bit different on the defensive side of, a ball, of the ball, but Frank Martin literally will take you out of the game if your guy catches a pass on defense. So that, I think they're just playing so well right now. They they could beat Gonzaga. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm leaning Gonzaga. I mean, South Carolina is following a blueprint we've seen before, especially with like teams like UConn. We're getting really good guard play, playing really good team defense. And that's why I like team defense more than I like sort of gimmicky defenses like Virginia or West Virginia where they play the pack line or, or press Virginia. I think just playing really solid team defense, hustling after every loose ball, like you said, is really a recipe for success. I'm kind of mad at myself for not – Sort of, I feel like if we like in retrospect, we could have seen them coming as a sleeper team because they fit a lot of ingredients that you look for. I think people Who, just, South Carolina. Yeah, I think people are just sort of blinded by having Villanova and Duke in the region. But you've got good veteran guards. You got a superstar in Darius Thornwell. Good defense, but I think it could only take you so far. I still think Gonzaga. I mean, I'm I'm not in love with Gonzaga, and I mean, by the way, has anyone ever had an if if Gonzaga does get to the national championship? Has anyone ever had an easier draw, easier draw there? A 16 seed, a weak Northwestern team. West Virginia, okay, the best team they've played, but still a four, and then an 11 seed in Xavier, now a seven well, in South Carolina. Certainly no one in this. And plus everyone they played in the regular season. I think Gonzaga's like earned that. After, yeah, right? They've gotten some tough draws over the past No, I know, game. but I'm just saying. This, like, is, this is definitely also, not their best team. They, the team with Pangos, Wilcher, and uh, really, Sabonis. Mark Few said it's his best team he's ever had. I, I no. any Sabonis, coach is going to say Sabonis, that. Sabonis, Karnowski was on that team as well. 
they drew the national champions Duke in the Elite Eight, and yeah, then Kyle Walter missed a wide open layup. I remember that game, and uh, that if they he missed he makes that layup, then they I, it, I don't know if they win that game. It ended up being like a twelve point loss. So I don't know why I'm pinpointing one play, but. That, I think that's still the I best think team. this is Mark Few's best team. I agree with him when he says that, only because, yes, Kyle Wilcher was a transfer from Kentucky on that team, but this year their transfers in the backcourt are incredibly athletic. Jordan Matthews from Cal. And I'm very pro, pro, pro Kevin Pangos. Nigel, He's one of the reasons I grew my hair out. <laughs> Nigel Williams-Goss from transferring in from Washington has been huge for them this year. He had a big game against uh, Xavier in the Elite Eight, but before that, part of the reason why I'm picking against Gonzaga, I guess formally now at this point, is because against West Virginia's athletic defense he didn't do too well I think he was two for 10 or two for 11 from the field and they need Nigel Williams Goss to play well in order to beat South Carolina yeah my my problem with Gonzaga is I think Nigel Williams boss could, uh, Goss could play <laughs> they, should, they should call <laughs> him Williams boss nickname, yeah could good. play a little too much hero ball like I feel like late in the game he'll just start taking contested shots that he probably shouldn't have been shouldn't be taking I mean it has worked for them obviously but I think inside like you said I don't know how well I think Karnowski may not be that big of a role for Gonzaga, but Collins, I mean, an athletic seven-footer, I don't see any way South Carolina can match up with them. Plus, you've got you know Matthews Williams on the wing and Williams-Goss distributing and scoring. I think I like South Carolina. I think it'll be a close game, but I think Gonzaga is just too talented, and I think they match up well against. Did you guys Did you guys see Darren Ravel's nerd tweet about Collins' size 18 shoes in his locker at the Final Four? Darren no. Ravel has me blocked on Twitter, so I did oh not see that. All right, on that note, Dan, who do you like in this game? I like Gonzaga. I'm going to disagree. I think this one with Tommy, this one is going to be a, a, a 10-point margin of victory for Gonzaga, I think. Um, they got over their final four hump. You know, their pressure's off as far as I'm concerned. Everyone kind of didn't believe that they could get to this point. I'm sure there's still pressure from inside the program and the coach, but Mark is a great coach. My problem with South Carolina is – Chris Silva fouls almost more than any player in college basketball. If he fouls out or is in foul trouble early, I think Gonzaga's bigs are just going to roll in this game. And That's a great point because yeah. they're they're not very He's deep. He's going to have his hands full, too. Yeah, the, yeah, I'm not that familiar with South Carolina's depth other than like their starters, but I do not see them having an answer for Gonzaga's bigs. They're not very deep at all. They Silva and Coates are really their, their big bodies, and once you get past that, it's no one that you're going to want out there on the floor in a Final Four game. I said this thing can go either way, and just to make it two people for Gonzaga and two people for South Carolina, I'll take the Gamecocks. There's something about them where they're just going to keep on fighting, and I, there's the way they played against Florida, it's like they, they didn't look like they were like offensively gifted. They are just like bang the ball down low, and like someone puts up a baby hook, and they all crash in for an offensive rebound. They get it done on the defensive end. And I think it's just I'm not like blown away by Gonzaga enough to say like oh they're they're marching right into the championship. Game. I think it's gonna be a really good game just for the sake of getting two two even and two against it. Then I'll, I'm gonna go South Carolina in a really good game. So James and I are taking South Carolina. Tom and Dan have Gonzaga in this one. Let's go across to the late game tomorrow night, Saturday night, second Final Four game in Phoenix. Oregon number three seed out of the Midwest against. UNC, number one seed from the South. UNC battle-tested only really in the Elite Eight against Kentucky. Before that, their path was Texas Southern, Arkansas, and then Butler. So not a crazy path for them. Oregon had to get through, let's see, Iona, John Sevier, shout-out John Sevier. Rhode Island, shout-out A-10. Michigan, who was the team of destiny, and then... Shout-out plane crash. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then Kansas, who obviously is a huge test. But this Oregon team is playing small ball. And UNC, everyone says, 
oh, how good how good of a team they are at rebounding. They average over 40 rebounds a game. They have size down low. And without Chris Boucher, Oregon's playing small ball, and they're going with a small lineup. Jordan Bell is just blocking shots at an alarming Eight rate. Kansas, yeah. Eight blocks against the Jayhawks. So it, it could be a good game. It's projected to be closer than the other semifinal. And I'm picking the favorite in this one, North Carolina, because I just think their size is going to be too much. You can't play small ball forever. Roy Williams isn't going to change how he how they play, and I think he's going to make Oregon change how they play in this game. I agree. I think North Carolina wins this game. I think North Carolina is just one of those teams I'm all about like their – I mean, I'm not really a fan of the team necessarily at all, but I'm all about their like redemption tour and getting back there. I feel like they're just like not going to be stopped in this tournament. I think Kentucky played well in, in that game. against. Actually, not, not really too well, but the fact that they got past Kentucky, who I think looked so good against UCLA, and I was – if I'm a North Carolina fan, I was worried about that Kentucky team. I think they're going to win this game relatively easily. And I, I'm very, I was very impressed with Oregon against Kansas as well. But I do think North Carolina is just on a mission this year. I think they're going to get all the way, and I think Oregon hangs around for a little bit. North Carolina pulls away late. Tom, weren't you saying that? Were you the one that was saying UCLA Kentucky was the de facto national champion, or UNC Kentucky was the national championship game basically last week? No, I, I said that. Uh, UCLA, Kentucky. I thought whoever. I always won get this that. confused, and I ask you about it, and you always say it's not what I ask you. But. Yeah. Well, whatever. I didn't. I didn't predict. Uh, yeah, I, both those predictions went wrong anyway. Pull but, the tapes. But for for this game, <laughs> I I like Oregon. I've liked Oregon all season. I was looking back at our bracketology segments, and I actually on three separate occasions picked Oregon to win it all. And I said they remind me of Villanova, and they're super talented. And I stand by that. I know without Boucher. If, honestly, if they had Boucher healthy, I may have picked them to win it all when I filled out my bracket. You keep but, the records of every pick you made so far on the show? Well, I mean, I make the picks on a Google Doc, and I just read them off for the show. I just update the Google Doc oh, no, I have like and a replace my picks. List. Well, there's there's a Google Doc? I mean, we, yeah. I have my own Google Doc. No, I, we all have our own, Dan. Oh, what okay. do you come with? Just <laughs> w- pen and paper, old school <laughs> stats no, guy, you crunching the computer. numbers over there? Yeah, that's what long I, I th- Long I division? Guys, I thought you guys were saying like you had like some oh, kind no, of no, secret no, 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 document. That you're not a part of? Yeah. No, yeah. this is just my own thing, and I, I yeah, I picked Oregon to win a few times, and I think I don't know. I know UNC is a bad matchup for them, especially inside, and you know, with, especially without Boucher. But Jordan Bell's been playing well. Dylan Brooks stepping it up. Tyler Dorsey, and also if Joel Berry isn't healthy for UNC, which Roy Williams has said could be a concern, and you know, UNC's looked look has looked good, but I it's something about this Oregon team. I think it's sort of where my head is saying to pick UNC just based on matchups, but I like this Oregon team and. I think they they win a close one. Quickly, I just want to say that I don't know why I picked South Carolina because Gonzaga wins it all. I win. The I think start, you, the I starting think you five segment already, probably. Right? Yeah, we did. We officially decide that they'll <laughs> we forgot the, about that. I thought segment. we were saying I, I still made a lost even with like all the points given to me. But if Gonzaga wins, it all, I think I have to. We'll see. Win. We'll I think out. maybe by T- next TV. by next year by next NCAA season we'll probably have the rules down, yeah. Pat. This was just <laughs> like a. I don't even know. This is just like a <laughs> trial a rookie, run. Rookie but stats guy over there across from me, who who do you got in this semi? Well, I haven't dropped a stat all all show, so here it is. Right now, 538 is giving Oregon a 48% chance to win this one, which I think is more generous than the chances you guys are giving them. I'm going to take Oregon. I think they've... Me and Dan on the same page. There. Yeah, like. they, they've uh, impressed me this year. Well, this tournament, um, you know, everyone thought they were going to lose to even possibly as early as Rhode Island, then Michigan, then Kansas. Here they are. Stop sleeping on, on Oregon. Stay woke. Tyler uh, Tyler Dorsey, Dylan Brooks, they're going to the finals. 
I mean, I, re- I, I do like Tyler Dorsey and, and Dylan Brooks and how they've been playing. Dylan Ennis is 25, too. A former Nova Chris guy. Chris Boucher former is like 24 guy, yeah. as well. Yeah, he was. Better, they're better in group. Yeah. I just want to say one other thing, part of my prediction. Roy Williams will lose the game, and he will take at least one timeout to the offseason with him. Ooh. That's fair. That's fair. Before we make our national championship picks here, I just wanted to throw this question out there. Do you guys think the whole not being able to shoot in a big football stadium is is really a thing? I buy it 100%. I buy it for uh, teams that haven't done it before. So I don't know why I didn't factor that into my picks, but I've, I totally buy that teams that haven't done it before are going to shoot poorly in their first time. And if, I don't know. It's one of those things with me that I always trust. I always trust teams going to like a neutral site for the first time. I mean, I'm going to get Fordham in here. I feel like Fordham never shoots well in like Madison Square Garden or Barclays Center. But then you look at Wisconsin. They shot horribly against Rutgers of the Garden in the regular season. They did all right in the in the playing at the did, Garden. Did, they did it before. I guess. I think oh, you're saying that, they got it out of their system. Yeah, I think if you do once you do it the first time, then you shoot better the next time you do it. But a team like South Carolina going in there, I think what? they may struggle. But they don't shoot much from the what outside it, anyway. Matt, like I, I still don't understand. Like, what you think it's the air? Or Absolutely no, no. makes a difference. Like the when, backdrop is like totally oh, yeah. different. Well, well the backdrop yeah. playing yeah. It oh, okay. with a large backdrop, it's always harder to shoot. Your first shot's going to be either because long or short. Collins from Gonzaga actually said yesterday. I caught the end of his press conference. He said that the Nets looked like Nerf hoops when they walked out and took the floor. I don't even. Is they playing at the Cardinal Stadium in Arizona? Yeah. yeah. So I don't. We don't want to give any sponsorship out. I don't even know the name of the Cardinals <laughs> stadium, <laughs> but either. University of Phoenix. Oh, <laughs> great institution. Yeah. <laughs> but um, shout out to the U of Phoenix. But he walked out there and he said that they looked like Nerf hoops because if you look back, like the backward stanchions behind the Nets are so long that the Nets are like pushed together yeah. almost on but the court. I remember what happened to Oklahoma last year. I mean, they were a Oh, I remember. Team. Big Nova guy. Yeah, I don't true. think you Slightly less of a Nova guy then, but... <laughs> you can't blame the venue on Oklahoma's performance, though. I think they just didn't show no, up. I mean, blame it on fact, Buddy Heald. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I mean, UNC then would be a good pick over Oregon. I, I'm, sticking with, I'm sticking with Oregon. I'm not oh, he's changing he's, his he's mind. He's so over nervous here. over there with his Oregon pick. All right, so... Just, his own head just to let... Just never seen a kid more nervous. Just to lay it out here before we make our picks... James and I have South Carolina in the one semi, and in the other we both have UNC. And the guys across from us, a little civil war. I would love to see North Carolina. If South South Carolina Carolina wins the championship, South Carolina, the state of South Carolina, claims the football, baseball, and basketball, and say national championships. Wow, it's crazy. And the guys across from us, Tom and Dan, they like the other teams. They like Gonzaga against Oregon for the championship matchup. Dan, why don't you start us off? Who's your national champion between the Ducks and the Bulldogs, and why? All right, I'm going to drop another stat. Uh, I'm, I'm going Gonzaga, and here's why. Um, 14 out of the last 15 teams were in the top 25 offensive and defensive efficiency. Prior this to the tournament, all this is my favorite stat because <laughs> it's true. Like that, no, Stats don't lie. So prior to this tournament, there were three teams that fit that criteria, Gonzaga, Kentucky and Villanova. Gonzaga's the last one standing. I'm going Gonzaga. Cut the nets. All right. Fair enough. I've got Oregon Gonzaga too. I'm going Oregon. I'm sticking with my Oregon team. I think I think they're probably more talented than Gonzaga. I can't see the Bulldogs winning the national championship. I know that they are good, but I, I think it's going to be – I think whoever wins Oregon-UNC will end up winning the national championship. I'm going Oregon. I picked them earlier in the season. I'm going to stick with them now. Go Ducks. Quack, quack. James, I'll let you go. We both have the same championship matchup, South Carolina against North Carolina. I just want to see where your mind's at with this I one. think North Carolina would win the national title. I picked them for a while now. I've been saying they're probably my pick to win it all. I have them in my bracket, 
And I just think that they're on. They're just one of those teams that has a chip on their shoulder all season long to get back here. And once they're back again, I feel like if they matched up with South Carolina, South Carolina wouldn't be able to have that much as as much success on the boards as they did against a team like Florida. And I think North Carolina is just the experience factor. I think may carry over. They did this last year. They were in the same position last year. Took care of business for the most of both games, and then one shot ends their season. So I think they have the redemption factor on their side, and I think they just get it done. Yeah, I so badly, if I'm picking South Carolina to get there, I really want to pick them to continue that magic, but I, I can't see them beating UNC. At UNC, I am worried slightly about Joel Berry's injury, but if he plays in the Final Four against Oregon and plays well, I'll feel a whole lot better about picking UNC to win the national championship, and it would be quite the redemption story. So just to recap, Dan's got Gonzaga. Tom, you picked Oregon. Yep. You said quack, quack. We both have UNC. That's going to do it for this episode, but by the time we come back... We will have a national champion that is not Villanova this year, so I won't get Breaking to news. <laughs> I won't get to, to talk about Villanova in the spotlight as the reigning champs on the next episode because it will either be Gonzaga, South Carolina, North Carolina, or Oregon. But that's all for today. Matt Murphy, Tom Scabelli, James Decker, and Dan Diorio. Be a fan of the student section.